Would you bow with me, please? Lord God, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we acknowledge that, Lord, we're sinners. We are broken. And yet we're coming before you, God, just asking you to reveal yourself to us. God, you are so good. We simply pray less of us and more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. As the band uh, steps down, I just want to say thanks for coming. I really do. I just want to say thanks for coming. You know, I've, uh, I've learned, man, I, yeah. there's one thing I know. There's one thing I know, and I've learned this. Uh, it's been a process that God has shown me is that no matter why you're here, I don't care if you're here because it's the thing to do on Sunday mornings in your world. It doesn't matter if you're here because you see some hot girl you want to, like, come check out. <laughs> thinking more of some younger kids here. And, uh, or I don't care if, you know, if your mom beats you like my mom used to do to make us go to church. I don't care what it is. God has you here for a reason. We can laugh and joke around as I do, but the truth is, is that God has you here in this moment for a reason. To hear what He has to say this morning. Polly and I, our oldest daughter, Riley, who happens to be here, she's home from college, we, we recently took her, <laughs> we recently took her to college, and um, I just, I just want to be honest and say it was hardest, one of the hardest things that I personally have ever done. You see, she went to, she was going to college up in, in Nashville, and it's six hours away, and so feelings like, you know what, I'm a little bit worried. Real worried. <laughs> Extremely worried. <laughs> and, but you know, as we, as we drove up there, I won't say it was brutal. It was brutal. We got there. It was a really cool thing. It was, it was done over a weekend. But it was, it was really, uh, it, was, it was crazy because these thoughts that I was having was as I took her there, and, and once we actually got there and we went through the weekend, as we got ready to leave, I remember we pulled out. She was crying, I was crying, Polly was crying. And all I kept thinking on the way back as we were heading towards Memphis was, man, had I said the right thing? All those years of, of raising her, have I, had I said the right thing? Those hours that we had at night sitting on her bed from the time when she was little, like, did, did I say the right thing? Was my fatherly advice the right thing to say? I wasn't real sure I'd given her the right advice. And we got home, and, and over the, the, the course of, of the next couple of days, as I was still feeling these feelings, and I was asking myself, was this the right thing to say? I felt as clear as if it's ever been. And then, you know what I started worrying about? I felt God say this first. I felt God say, she knows me. She knows my son. She's good. She's good. But then I kept going, all right, so it's not really about what I was saying. It's how I was living. Had I been living life as, as Jesus, as my, as my Savior, but really the Savior where I got my ticket punched, 
right? And like, I'm going to heaven, but I can still live Chris's life? Or had I been living a life, had I demonstrated a life of being led by the shepherd? And I'm talking about the John 10 shepherd, the shepherd that Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, the shepherd that lays his life down for his sheep. I was scared, man. I really was. And I think one of the biggest reasons I was scared is I kept thinking about the trials, the temptations, all the cruelties, honestly, of life that like she was going to be going through. She wasn't going to be going through them with me to protect her. Like, it's okay, not okay, but I expected her to go through these trials when I was there, when she would come home from a trial to me. But now, six hours away, there was fear in my heart. But yet God said, she's with me. And I was scared. Had I demonstrated a life of being led by the shepherd, or had Jesus been my, just my ticket to heaven? I think there's a significant difference. And one of the things, uh, one of the things that, that, that eased my, my pain was I try. I wake up every day and I try. I ask Jesus to lead me. But like, like God tells us, sheep are prone to wander. They're prone to wander. And I want to ask you, I want to ask us, I want us to ask ourselves some questions today. One, do you know Christ? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? And if you do, is He your Savior? I got my ticket punched. I'm going to heaven, and yet so now on Monday through Saturday, I can go live my life? Or is He my shepherd that's walking me through every detail of life? I think that question can be difficult for us to answer if we're honest. But today, all I want to do today, all I want to do, listen, in complete transparency, I want us to simply look at Psalm 23, the, re- the way that it was written, and let God's Word spell the case out to us as to why He should be our shepherd. You know, Psalm 23, it's, like I said, it's really famous. Everybody seems to know it. But I do think it's probably, I know, I think it is, one of the most beautiful descriptions of God ever. Ever. I absolutely love it. And he is saying, David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Roi. The Lord is my shepherd. And see, this is what's so cool to me about that. David was an old man when he wrote this. He was an old man when he wrote this. And so, it's cool to me that David was, was older, right? And he was looking back on a life where he was king. He was king and he had everything. But he chose to look back 
on the time of his life where he was a shepherd, the youngest of, a, what, eight brothers? And he was sitting out in a field doing what was considered the degrading job of taking care of sheep. And what he was saying here was that, you know what? What I was doing for my sheep as a shepherd, God does for me. And like, I want to write about this because this is amazing. And he's, I can see him sitting there writing it. And I want you to know something. I'm, I'm comforted by the fact that David, that David wrote this. So many of us, myself included, probably my, yeah, myself. One of the hardest things when I accepted Christ, the, the hurdle that I had to get over was that I wasn't worthy. The, the hurdle that I had to get over was that I, I wasn't good enough. The hurdle that I had to get over was that there was all these perfect people in church, right? But I wasn't. So why would God use me? But the truth is, as we say here almost every week, God doesn't use perfect people. There's only been one perfect person. Jesus. And as I, as I stepped over that hurdle and I started to see David, David was one of the first people I ever looked at in the Bible after I accepted Christ. And what happened to me when I realized that this guy who committed adultery, this guy that had lust in his heart, this guy that murdered somebody, this guy that screwed up over and over and over again to the point to where in Psalm 19, 13, he says, Lord, forgive me for my willful sins. May they not rule over me. You know, the kind of sins where you know God's saying, hey, you know what? This is what I want you to do. And you're like, no, hold up, God. I want to go do it my way. I want you to do this, Chris. Okay, God. And then go do your own thing. Lord, when I turn against you that way, like when I know you're telling me to do something, and I'm just like slapping you in the face, that guy? See, I relate to David in that way. And when I got over that hurdle, and I realized that that's the kind of people that God uses, my world was rocked, completely rocked. But yet God said that David's a man after my own heart. Like, wait, what? This guy that screwed up more than... And every time we open the Word, we see where David's messing up. But yet, God says, whoa, 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 you know what? But hold up. Like, this is the guy that I'm going to use. And not only is he the guy that I'm going to use, Jesus is going to be a direct descendant of him. That's the kind of person. That's the David that we're going to be talking about. You think you're not worthy? How do you think he felt? Look at what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. As in a present tense God. Right? As in a God of right now. As in not some God that's floating up in the, in the heavens just looking at us as a whole but a God that is right now my shepherd. As in like right this very second, my shepherd. Not just everybody's shepherd, but mine. As an in individual, as in personally, as in no matter what you've done, 
God's coming after you. You. Me. Individually. No matter how fallen we think we are, He is knocking at your door. And He will never stop. God's a present tense God. And He says, the Lord is is my shepherd, right? My shepherd, I shall not want. You know, I heard it said one time that Psalm 23 verse 1 was the summary statement of the, of the entire psalm. And that verses 2 through 6 were the ways that God covers you. The ways that He covers His sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As in David saying, you know what? Like, as long as God is my shepherd, when I allow God to lead me, I don't have any want, I don't have any needs because Jesus... God Almighty is all that I need. Man. Money's not my shepherd. My job is not my shepherd. My my group of friends is not my shepherd. This party is not my shepherd. Being included in this group is not my shepherd. This website is not my shepherd. These drugs, this booze, it's not my shepherd. What David is saying is that the Lord is my shepherd. And, and, and we can, aren't we all guilty of that? Aren't we all guilty of putting those things as our shepherd? Fill in the blank. I am. So, so guilty. You know, I laughed this morning about I got mad at the Rebels this past week after their defeat, not yesterday, but the week before, and I boycotted all college football. (laughs) I did. I took the app off my phone. I didn't download the podcast that I listen to every morning. I didn't didn't listen to Bo Bounds. If you're listening to this, Bo, I'm sorry. I'll hit you back this week. But (laughs) something happened in that process. It did. When I removed a lot of that junk, I found myself in God's Word. And it wasn't just because I was preparing for a sermon. I took one little thing out of my life and all of a sudden I feel this power. Jesus walking with me. I know He's walking with me. But it was just one more area in my life that I was allowing Him to be my shepherd and to walk with me. When we allow God to be our shepherd, He's all we need. He is all we need. And verse 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So let me just, let me just in all honesty, I, I studied sheep this week. Alright? <laughs> I studied sheep. And here's why. Because... I wanted, to, I wanted to get a better understanding of the person that wrote Psalm 23. Like, what, what must it have been like for David? Because in my U.S. mind, in the mind that I have of today's culture, I can read over this and so quickly forget that it was written 
by a man that was sitting with his sheep. Now, he was thinking back on that, that period of his life, but it was written by a man that had literally everything you could ever dream of but chose to think about and write about the time in his life when he was a shepherd. And he, so I studied sheep. I wanted to get it. And guess what? We're going to talk about sheep today. Because what happened in this, as I was, as I was studying this, was I was floored. I was floored at what I was reading. I saw Psalm 23 in a way that I'd never seen it before from the eyes of a shepherd. So I'm going to share some of my, some of my studies with you. Did you know that sheep, you really just, it's almost impossible to make them lie down. It is. Like, because there's these four things that have to go down for, in, in order for a sheep to feel comfortable enough to lie down. One is he has to be free of fear. So the sheep can't be afraid or it won't lie down. Two is it, it can't be hungry. I understand that. <laughs> Three is it, it, ha it can't have fleas or pests bothering it. And four, this is the one that trips me out. There can't be any social friction. <laughs> social friction. As in, like, there is a social order in Sheepville, and they won't sleep unless it's all cool in that, in that social order. So this is, this is what I mean by that. And I'm just, I'm trying to get a, some clarity here. So here's a little, this is what I mean. So you got Johnny Sheep over here, right? Big, cool Johnny Sheep. And then you got Jimmy Sheep. His little girlfriend over here is Sue Sheep. <laughs> only names I can think of. It's the only names I can think of. But Johnny's walking one day, and he's like, mm. And Jimmy's like, Johnny, I saw that. And then all of a sudden, there's this beef between the two of them, right? Well, Johnny and Jimmy, they're not going to sleep that night. Sue, she's probably going to sleep. But honestly, <laughs> Johnny... Johnny's just going to, Johnny, they, like, they're not going to sleep because there's a friction there. There's a friction. There's a, there's a tension that is there. And unless the physical, unless the emotional, the mental, and the social needs are met in that sheep, in those sheep, they're not going to sleep. They're not going to sleep. And so what, what he's saying, he makes me lie down in, in green pastures, is that when we really think about that, the sheep, the shepherd coming in and meeting those four, those needs, when we think about that, it's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? He makes me lie down in green pastures. And one of the things that, that I so quickly forget is we're talking about Israel. A land of rocks. Can't you see the picture of lying down in a nice green pasture? He makes me lie down in green pastures. Some of us need a green pasture right now, don't we? I know you do. David is saying that when he's shepherded, when he's allowed himself to be shepherded by God, that he makes him lie down in those green pastures. 
and he leads me beside still waters. I often read over this, and I wasn't quite sure. I've heard it my whole life, but I wasn't quite sure what that exactly meant. He leads me beside still waters. Some of them say, one translation says, quiet waters. Well, it turns out that sheep are afraid of rushing water. They don't want to get close to rushing water. So as the shepherd is leading the sheep and they're thirsty and they come across some rushing water, they won't drink out of it because of the fear that if they get by the rushing water and they fall in, well, their fur, their, uh, their wool gets heavy and they can't pull themselves up. And so they drown. So they are fearful of running water. And so what the shepherd would do with all of his, with all of his sheep around, what he would take and he would start digging a trench. As the sheep were around, he would start working and he would dig, dig a trench. And then at the, at the end of that trench, away from the, from the rushing water, he would, he would dig a pool. And those sheep, beside the rushing waters, would be able to sit in the stillness and drink. And drink. See, that's what God does for you. That's what He does for me. We've all, we've all heard this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't know that I've ever been to a funeral where I didn't hear this. It's like everybody always talks about that verse at a funeral or at a time when it's just struggles. But I love the imagery that we might quickly miss in this, in this passage. And that's even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When a shepherd takes a, a sheep from this mountain to this mountain, and has to go through the valley. Did you know that sheep are afraid of the shadow? That if the mountain has a shadow, they, have a, they like to keep them from that shadow, but almost all the time, it is impossible to get from this valley to that valley, because I mean, from this mountain to that mountain, because of a shadow. So what happens is, when the sheep approach a shadow, they start getting really scared, and the reason is, is in their minds, they start thinking it's getting to be nighttime. And at nighttime, at night, is when the predators come out. At night's when the hyenas and the coyotes and the wolves, and you fill in the blank, they, they come out, and they're trying to take the life of the sheep. And, and what David is saying is the shepherd would gather the sheep, and the sheep are scared of the shadows. 
The sheep are so scared of the shadows, but what David would say was, even though I walk, even though I'm, I'm on this mountain, and here I'm, here's this mountain, here's the valley, we're going through the valley, but he's, we're, we're keeping our eyes ahead. We're keeping our eyes on this mountain right here because we know there's a valley, and we know there's a shadow, but we're going to keep focused right here. And if he can keep those sheep focused on that mountain, they'll walk through that shadow relieved of their fear. And the way they do that, what the shepherd does is he talks to them the whole way through the valley. Because see, the one thing that the sheep know is their voice. And so they walk through the valley of the shadow of death with the shepherd. And they're fearless because they're listening to his voice. And see, what that little voice is saying is, is that I'm bigger than cancer. I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than a divorce. Because if you'll just keep your eye on the mountain, I'm going to get you to that mountain. I know we're in a valley right now, but if we'll just keep on walking, because my word says if you'll walk through the valley, as in don't stop walking, keep your eyes focused right there, listen to my voice, and I'll shepherd you through this. And there will be no fear, because in me there is no fear, because I didn't give you a spirit of fear, I gave you a spirit of power. And he says, stay focused and listen to my voice. Because as we're going from this, from this mountain to that mountain, as we're, going to, to, as we're going to go through this valley, guess what? I got a rod and I got a staff and I'm going to fight for you. Because you're going to go through a hard time, but I am going to guide you through it. And when you listen to me, all I'm asking you to do is listen to my still voice. And in that, even though you're listening to my still voice, I'm going to be fighting for you over here. I just want you to walk with me. I just want you to walk with me. What are you afraid of? We just prayed a minute ago before the service and we had, gosh, someone lost their child. Car wreck here. Surgery's here. Finances here. Broken relationships here. What are you afraid of? We're all afraid of those things, aren't we? We're just like the sheep that we're, we're, we're all of a sudden we're, we're, we're coming to this valley and we're approaching this shadow and we're beginning to get scared to death and all we need to do, David is saying, is listen. Literally. Listen to my voice, says God. And allow me to walk you through that as we focus on the mountain. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I've often wondered about verse 5. I've often wondered about it, honestly. And it was this week that I learned about a shepherd that brought extreme clarity to me. This is what I mean. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, when a shepherd was with a sheep, and a sheep would all of a sudden leave, right? And the sheep would leave and wander off by itself, as we always do. 
I love Luke 15 when God says, He'll, Jesus actually, Jesus says, I'm going to leave the flock. I'm going to leave the 99. I'm going to go get that one. And when I do, there's going to be a party in heaven because we are going to be celebrating the fact that one sinner has come to know me. But see, when this sheep would get lost, this is pretty cool. So the shepherd would leave, and when he would, he, he wore this pouch. These shepherds wore these pouches, and they had different pockets in the pouches. And so when the shepherd would go with his rod and his staff, and he would go off and he would find that one sheep, the sheep would inevitably always be scared to death. So he would open up his pouch at night when he found the sheep, and he would take out a clean, square cloth, and he would lay it down in front of the sheep. And he would reach in his other pouch he would take out some fresh green grass and he would lay it down on that table. And even though all the, all the predators were all around him, in the presence of his Savior, the sheep would eat. The sheep would eat as the Savior, as the shepherd spoke to him and calmed him. The sheep would eat. He would eat and his enemies would be all there. But guess what? The enemies will not come forward because they're afraid of the shepherd. And so the sheep that wandered off was found by the shepherd. And a meal was placed there for him. When the shepherd would get back to the, to the, to the sheep as a whole, When, they were, when, when a sheep would go, go throughout the, the countryside and the, with, the, with the shepherd, they would, they would like to eat berries. Like to eat berries. It's almost like the little blessings. I see that. It's God just it pours on your life. The little, the little berries. But here's the great thing about it. The shepherd would open that pouch and he would pull out some oil. And he would put it on that sheep's head. He would rub oil on that sheep's head. You want to know why? Because the sheep would reach in to get those berries. And if he didn't have the oil on his head, the stickers would grab his wool and pull his hair. But what the shepherd was doing was he was, he was taking that oil and he was anointing his head with oil, rubbing oil on his head so that the sheep could just enjoy some berries without getting tangled up. You see, that's one reason why your cup overflows. That's the God. That's the God. David wanted each one of us to know that. He was giving us a description. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, in other translations, mercy is love. Truly goodness and, and love will follow me 
all the days of my life. And I shall dwell, I shall live in the house of the Lord forever. Because when I allow Him, when I allow Him to be my shepherd, like my shepherd, and walk me through life in every detail, dwell in His home. I dwell in His house. I want you to know something. It is so easy for us to come in here and to sit through church week after week after week after week and think that God loves everybody but me. And I say that because I thought it. And I lived it. And I'm telling you, God wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd. When God looks at you, He doesn't see Phil. No, He sees love created in His image. And He wants a personal relationship with you so badly so badly and you know I talk a lot about about communion we're about to take communion if you are serving I do want to ask you to come forth at this time but I want to I want to I want to point this out to see, when he loves you so much that he sent Jesus like it's it's really easy for us to forget and to get caught up in the fact that, you know, God sent his son, and, you know, he died for us. Like, we, we forget, like, exactly what happened. We forget the fact that, that the wages of sin is death. And that so for all these years, they would have these, these animals that had to die to forgive sin. And so what God said is, you know what? Jesus, my son, is going to be the ultimate sacrifice. And no matter how dirty you feel, no matter how broken you feel, no matter what, you are made in my image. And he's going to die for you so you can be with me. And God tells us that heaven starts on earth. And you've got the opportunity to allow Jesus to be your Savior. Like the kind of Savior where you just get your ticket stamped and go live through life. Or you've got your opportunity to accept the fact that God has given us heaven on earth and begin a relationship by allowing Him to be your shepherd and walk you through every single detail of life.